0: Welcome to Off The Bench with Scotty Sadler and Benny Jones. For Kubota, Kubota Diesel Generators, Powering Australia, and Bob Jane T-Mart, Tire and wheel Specialists.
1: We're set to go again. Strap yourselves in another big hour of footy chat and a bit of other sport going on around the traps as well. Benny Jones is my name. Great to have your company wherever you're listening. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and wheel Specialists bit to get to. Let's get into it straight away. Scotty Sattler joins me. Uh, Sats uh, fresh off a, a cracking game Thursday night and another big scalp for the Bulldogs. Round 23 underway and there's plenty more where that came from you feel?
2: Yeah, it was great. It was a really good contest. one of those really old fashioned gritty games, Benny, where uh, we saw these sort of battles between the Eels and the Bulldogs for so many years and uh, just a tremendous game. Low scoring game, of course. 12 points to 6, but insane. that, it just had everything. It had everything. It had It had fights, it had late hits, it had shoulder Mm. charges, it had penalty tries, it... Uh, it had everything. It was a really enjoyable game to, uh, to commentate at the beautiful Bankwest Stadium.
1: Yeah, we'll be picking that one apart shortly. Of course, we've got lots to get through in regards to a Makita Power player. Sats, tips for the remainder of round 23, and we'll find out what in particular has him salivating ahead of the weekend's sport. Uh, lots to get through. It's been a, a massive couple of days in league circles, so we're going to have no problem filling this one up, Sats, of course, as we get underway here on Off the Bench with a look at some of the news of the week. On Off the Bench, the NRL News of the Week we'll start with something fun and debatable and one that'll have plenty of people talking around the water cooler, particularly Monday when we lob back into work, and that is the team of the decade, uh, Sats, that was named via the NRL.com website, a panel of experts, a big panel, bowl reports, and uh, they've come up with their 17. I know you've had a look at it. I know you and Badge will dissect this more thoroughly early in the week next week on Sports Day, but do uh, the 17. You could have probably picked a couple of sides, but uh, it's a pretty impressive looking side on paper.
2: Yeah, it is. They, they, they did pick a couple of sides actually, um, but um, i I don't think I've got I don't think I've got it wrong in, in in most of the occasions when you when you talk about the the team itself. But um, I, I thought uh, one of the biggest debates was Sonny Bill Williams. Should yep. he be? not eligible, because he's eligible, but should he be a, a a definite contender seeing that he only spent two years back in the NRL? And
1: two was At the two, minimum, wasn't it, Sats? Two, two years yes. playing through that decade was the minimum to qualify.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought Jamie Lyon, I, I, we all picked our team of the decades, which as you said, we're going to talk about it uh, ad nauseum next week, mm-hmm. but in saying that... Um, Jamie Lyon was the one that um, a lot of people had forgotten about because he'd made himself unavailable for Origin for so many years. And if he did play Origin, um, New South Wales would have been a stronger side. Uh, Sonny Bill Williams had two fantastic seasons when he came back to the Roosters, which culminated in a, in a premiership. But you know what, Benny, and again, we'll talk about later on, but... Uh, Darren Lockheed didn't retire until 2011. Mm. So he's in my team every day of the week. Yep. And Petro Sivaneseva didn't retire until 2012. He's in my team every day of the week as yep. well. So we tend to try and think of the more recent players as opposed to the players that we were unaware were still playing.
1: Well, we run through the uh, the side just very quickly. This was as selected via nrl.com, and you can check out how they came to these votes uh, by heading to the website, so Slater at fullback, you've got uh, Hayne and Hodges there, Inglis and Morris as well uh, so only a couple of New South Wales reps, three in fact in the starting 13, dominated by Queenslanders Thurston Cronk, uh, Maddie Scott, we're going to talk about him shortly uh, on a less positive note, uh, Cameron Smith picks himself Jesse Bromwich, so a Kiwi in there as well, uh, you've got uh, Boyd Cordner, Sammy Burgess, so a POM and of course Jason Talmalolo rounds out the 13, uh, four on the to change, Paul Gellin, Sonny Bill Williams, who you just spoke about, Sats, you'd be thrilled to see your man, Lukey Lewis, your great friend from the Penrith days, he's in there at 16, and Jamie Lyon, as you've mentioned, at 17, so it's a it's a tremendous looking side, as I said, not just on paper, if you put that side out there on the park, they're going to uh, be a lot of fun to watch, but uh, yeah, a lot yeah. of Queensland representation in there. Oh, which you'd expect through the uh, through the
2: origin period, but um, yeah, Benji is a player that was yep. the Golden Boot winner in 2010, doesn't get a mention. Uh, he would be on. He'd be on the bench for, for myself, Benji, um, Jared Warrior Hargraves, who's been a front row at the at the uh, the Roosters for so many years yeah. now. Through, throughout that period, has been really dominant as well. So, yeah, as you said, you could pick a, a number of sides, but there was uh, a lot of a lot of judges, a lot of very astute judges, and yep. of course they um, they culminated. Uh, oh, sorry, they um, accumulated all the votes, and obviously, it's uh, lucky for Cameron Smith to
1: get a jersey. Actually, I thought he was lucky. Cam Smith? He get, yeah, he was very lucky to be picked yeah, up. Uh, uh, touch <laughs> overrated, I would have thought. He maybe needs a couple more seasons to prove himself the young fella, but no, yeah, <laughs> obvious choice there at nine. So, hey, uh, great side. Check it out, nrl.com. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone will be having their crack at uh, their team of the decade, and we'll come up with a whole bunch of different formations and formulas. Hey, um, the big news of the week, uh, Sats, no doubt, Nathan Brown stepping down as the coach of the Newcastle Knights, at the conclusion, of course, at the uh, end of the 2019 season. So not stepping down immediately. He will see out the year, whether that means the end of round 25 or whether that means maybe an unlikely finals appearance. Now we move to who's in line to take on the much sought-after gig. He's going to leave them in a pretty good spot, Nathan Brown. You
3: know, Our greatest achievement of the Knights in my time there is, is, I suppose, cleaning up the off-field and providing a pathway for young kids to have their best opportunity to play their best footy and you know the the greatest achievement in you know Daniel Safedi and Lockie Fitzgibbon and Mitch Barnett and Tony now you know their careers were you know they were, they were teetering you know because it certainly was a very social club when I got to Newcastle and you know preparing for football and preparing properly and playing football was the furthest thing from people's mind you know and now what they've got there now is in it's taken Till this year to get there is you've got a lot of players who know how to prepare well and the most important thing is game day now, like preparing and playing well is very important for them and so there's a good young generation of players there that are coming through now, you know, young kid Bradman best playing this week, there's a young fella Simi, Stafford Tull, there's some really, really high end quality outside backs, young kids are, that are going to help slot into the roster in some spots that can really help the club move forward and and they've got... A a chance like the Knights had when David Waite and Alan McMahon put the club in, in a position where the young kids kept coming through at the Knights. And, you know, the Knights roster is at its best when it's got young kids that have come through their system that are ready to play first grade going into a first grade team. When we first started, we had a couple of years there where all the young kids were learning to play first grade whilst in first grade with reserve grade players. And that was just a disaster for, and the fact that the you know, the Safidi boys and Lockie Fitzgibbon and the Barnetts have come out the other side, that's a credit to those blokes, you know, and, and what they can provide for the next kids is really, really important for the next coach and the future of the club.
2: Yeah, he is. He's gone through some pretty dark days, hasn't he, Benny, when he's been trying to put together uh, this team. And sometimes it's all about timing, and unfortunately for for Nathan Brown, it, it is about timing, and he's just run out of time. Um, their CEO, you know, Gardiner, came back from a, an overseas trip and had... For more reports to catch up with Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown came out of that meeting knowing that there was there's something afoot, that they may have been talking to other coaches. He didn't feel as though that his job was as secure. Because as we know, last year he signed that unpre- unprecedented week-by-week performance-based contract, yep. which you've got to take your hat off to the guy to, to really show the courage to agree to a deal like that and put him, his head on the chopping block. And probably his brutal honesty throughout the year where he feels as though that he's He's made some really poor decisions. That's we love it as the honesty, don't we? We love it how raw and uh, how emotional he is, Nathan Brown. But to a group of directors and fans and sponsors, you can only admit to so many wrongs for so long if it is affecting your club. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you look at who's in line now, and Craig Fitzgibbon was was at the front of that line. He's now signed a new two to three year deal with the Roosters. I'm led to believe, and has has knocked back any um, has it knocked back the job. He just believes that, and it's, we're seeing it a fair bit now in, in rugby league, Benny, that uh, they feel as though that you don't need to interview for the job. If you want me for the job, you yeah, come and offer yeah, it. Right. If not, don't, don't put me through this whole process of, of interviews and PowerPoint presentations and philosophies and stuff like that. So, mm. Kevin Walters, he knocked it back. Um, almost immediately, yep. linked to any job that, that comes up, Kevy. Again, he does not want to go through that whole interview process. Adam O'Brien, who was the assistant and part of the development pathways at Melbourne for many years, now at the Roosters when Cooper Cronk moved over to the Roosters, he looks like he's, uh, he's going to be the man that's going to fall into the job. Um, untried, untested. Uh, I want to see him have a go at a head coaching role because we keep hearing about how intelligent and how astute he is, so he needs to be tested. Mm. So, yeah uh yeah time will tell but uh, as you said benny's he's, he's been thrown into a um a club that was at the depths of despair and now are on the way up so uh it's a it's a promising job it's a it's a it's a job that you'd salivate, salivate as as a potential head coach. Yeah, absolutely. If got the role.
1: Yeah, he's got some talent on the roster there. No doubt about it. Whoever takes it on, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. While we stay on the coaching subject, Sats, Manly in the same boat have said with Des Hasler, he's found the formula, so they want to recommit to him. And, of course, Ricky Stewart at the Raiders, they're going beautifully and a genuine premiership contender. It doesn't
2: surprise you with, with Desi. He's gone back into his familiar territory of Manly and just does what he does best, which is... Yeah, play that siege mentality. Us versus the world, and um, everyone come and get us. And he's getting great success out of it. Um, Dean Pay got a, an extension this year and uh, for the for next year. And people are saying why? You know, they look yeah. like getting the woods. Well, two months
1: ago was he was, well, he was you know, almost on the chopping block.
2: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But in saying that, the, the extra year it, it is an astute decision by the executive uh, management team to be able to give him another year because that what that does it it stops the coach from making rash decisions. Yeah. If this is my last year, I've got to make some really you know, poor selections. I've got to recruit players. I've got to try and get a quick fix solution. Sometimes you dig a bigger hole for yourself. So mm. by giving him the extra year, it gives him a chance and the players to find combinations, find some rhythm, whatever it may be. And it's starting to work for them, doggies. Whereas yeah. the Raiders and Ricky Stewart, well, that's just a, that's just a natural relationship that just keeps evolving. Um, Heavily involved uh there's some some of the board members are heavily involved in Ricky Stewart's um, autism charity foundation as well. Mm. Um, he fits he fits the uh, the environment at, at Canberra and also the region itself. He the players love him, the community loves him. He throws himself into all facets of the club, so it's just a it's just a common fit, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a ripper, and uh, obviously they're going beautifully, as are the seagulls and the doggies of late. Just have been. Uh Brilliant, really. And, uh, if you uh, know, many... know what
2: I love about Ricky Stewart, Benny, is that coming into the finals, we've seen Ricky really transform as a coach. And I think we, we love his raw emotion, raw passion, and what he shows on the sideline and, and his, his love for his players. Um, but as you get closer to the finals, you see this, the Ricky Stewart, the former player, emerge, where he was this dogmatic, just kill-at-all-costs, and going to take no prisoners approach. He loves it when yep. it's everyone's up against Canberra, and Canberra are like this little tiny region that no one really cares about. And when it comes to rugby league, and he loves that. And he loves it when he's got to fight against his hands. And this is. This is the perfect time for Ricky Stewart mm. to shine through final.
1: The judiciary in the headlines for all the wrong reasons again. It seems uh, Sats. This has uh, well, I won't say angered, outrage maybe is a little extreme as well, but it certainly put a few offside in the NRL community. And that is the five-week ban handed down to Tafita Pangai Junior. Now I, I don't say everyone because there are still a number of people who say well, he's got some habits in his game, Tafita, that he needs to get rid of. It was a silly moment late on in the game against the Panthers. The hit on James Maloney didn't need to do it, and clearly now in hindsight. he's he wishes he hadn't, basically means unless the Broncos make their way through to a, a grand final qualifier, a prelim, call it what you will, his 2019 campaign is dusted. Yeah, they're done, the Broncos, unfortunately uh, because they had that really good approach with you
2: know Payne Haas and David Fafida and Joe Hoffman and Gowie and then they had young Thomas Flegler, so this young forward pack and Tavita Pengo was the one that was creating all this, this offload and this second phase play for them. Without that being there, it cuts down even you know, further opportunities for the Broncos who struggle as it is to, to be able to put big points on sides because they haven't got creative halves and Boyd and Turpin's now gone, Dearden's injured so they're throwing Sean O'Sullivan in who's really just an organiser so you know, it, it puts further pressure on Anthony Milford and we know that Anthony Milford doesn't like to be the man that has a lot of responsibility put on him yes he likes to be that that um, that game breaking number one, that yep. player that just plays like he's in the backyard but in saying that a lot more uh, emphasis needs to put on Milford now. It's going to be interesting how he handles it. I didn't. I didn't agree with the five weeks, but you have got to remember he had he had all these loading points that had to go on top of his mm. initial charge. Which, if, if he had a clean slate, he would have yep. missed three weeks, then gone and fought it and probably tried to get a downgrade, which what he did during the week he was unsuccessful. Five weeks purely because of the loading, just now leaves him and the Broncos in a really vulnerable situation.
1: Yeah, those priors came back to haunt him, so uh, Tevita Pangai on lookout for the next five weeks. Uh, Matty Scott, this was um, this was really disturbing news Heartbreaking, uh, through the week. Yeah, yeah we, we discovered on Tuesday that uh, in the wash-up from the game down in Newcastle, which of course the Cowboys were swept aside, that becomes secondary to the fact that it's on the way back uh, home and... After a stop off in Brisbane, uh, doctors, club doctors, who were with Maddie at the time, realised something certainly wasn't right. He was feeling lethargic. He was feeling flat. He couldn't get off the plane. They rushed him off the hospital, where it had been discovered uh, sats. And you know, again, you use the term uh, a mild stroke. Uh, any stroke is serious, but a mild stroke is something we associate with sort of the elderly. But not a guy who's ripping fit in the prime of his life, and um, and and obviously someone we look up to as a really gutsy, courageous footballer. He's he's on the mend, which is great, but. Boy, oh boy, did this um, did this have us all a little concerned for a while,
2: especially at his age. Also, um, talking to Jonathan Thurston on at, on Thursday night at Bankwest Stadium, yeah. um, Gary Belcher w- was was talking to him. He said, "How's Matty going?" He said, "No, he's, he's not great." Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. he um, they believe that he went downhill, and still in hospital in Brisbane. Uh, is Mike Sunday makes some recovery now? But you know, yep. he won't. Yep. I mean, the last thing we need to think about yep. Matty Scott is actually getting any farewell. over the next two weeks. That's not going to happen. We know that. Um, And he doesn't need another farewell because he's uh, served the game with with such class anyway uh, in in so many years. But in saying that, um, this is frightening to think that he got on a flight from Newcastle to Brisbane. They thought it was vertigo first and foremost. Had to wheelchair him off the plane at Brisbane and put him in the Virgin Lounge where they just waited for him to get a doctor to him and also uh, try and uh, help him recover but the club doctor actually identified that these are signs that were f- were far greater than vertigo got him straight off to the hospital and and lucky they did lucky they didn't throw him on a, on the plane to get from brisbane to townsville to get him home because it could have been catastrophic
1: yeah, yeah absolutely well we send our best out to maddie of course and uh, family friends teammates all of the above uh hopefully a, a good and a speedy recovery, and as you said, uh, forty becomes absolutely secondary to all of that. Hey, just uh, before we sign off on our news of the week, Sats, and it seems a bit trivial to go from speaking about Maddie Scott's health to talking about grand final entertainment, but this is always a big talking point each and every year. Oh, the NRL, starting to arise again. The NRL have announced who will be <laughs> the headline act for the twenty nineteen NRL grand final, and I'm just going to play a Drum little bitty here, uh, Sats, and I'm sure this is on your iPod somewhere. Let's have a listen. Makes me feel alive. of your faves, Saks? was a good song, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's One Republic, of course, who've been announced as the, uh, the headline act for the pre-match entertainment uh, at the Grand Final, the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Look, this is one of those things where, again, you're never going to please everybody. I've watched uh, with interest some of the social media feedback to this. Never heard of them. Who are they? Why can't we get an Aussie act? Money wasted. <laughs> you know, you're never going to please everybody. Look. It's part of the pre-game entertainment. I know for the theatre-goers who attend the uh, NRL Grand Final, who, for the large part, probably have their back turned when the game gets underway. Yeah, it's neither here nor there for me. I don't mind it. What about you?
2: I remember when Macklemore was announced, and everyone goes, what? Please, this is ridiculous. And now it's iconic. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, you know, I I think... The AFL and the NRL do a pretty good job, 90% of the time, <laughs> yep. at uh, putting together the acts and, and the product that uh, gets thrown out. But we know that the tickets that are bought are not about the act; it's about the Shouldn't what be? happens in the 80 minutes, exactly, that, that happens on the field. So uh, it's just an added, added incentive to, to yep. go and have a have a great day at the at the footy.
1: Absolutely, It could be worse could have ended up with meatloaf and we all know how that worked out for the AFL back oh, in- we
2: had meatloaf he wasn't as bad for us as he was
1: for you <laughs> yeah, I think he was on the down, downward slide by the time the AFL got to him uh, time for this it's
0: time for the Friday Night NRL Preview
1: Sure is. What a juicy contest this promises to be, too. Just a little bit, Sats, going on through the week in the media. We'll get to that shortly, but it's the Broncos and the Bunnies at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, Both sides inside the top eight. Uh, The Broncos somewhat precariously, and the Bunnies, well, speaking of downward slides, that's where they're heading at the moment. In fact, their coach, Wayne Bennett, described them as being on life support. Uh, I'll ask you whether they can turn this around shortly, but what have you made uh, with the... um the media by-play through the week. Uh, Wayne, strangely quiet, but um, he's he's been described as the puppet master. He's had a few yeah. do his bidding for him.
2: Yeah, I don't agree with that.
1: I don't agree that
2: um, that he's been the puppet master. And from all reports, and I've heard from pretty good authority, that Wayne Bennett was a little bit disappointed in Jason Demetrio about okay. how verbal he was publicly. Mm. And um, and has had a, a, a nice little chat to Demetrio to say, listen, you're the head coach and I love your passion. And I love what you, what you represent. But yeah, I'm the one that, Sticks up for this club, yeah, and um, the Seabold and, and Bennett Stoush, of course, um, kicked off at the start of this year when the Rabbitohs went they rode roughshod through the Broncos, thirty-eight-eight. The Bunnies have only beaten them eight, eight occasions, twenty-one occasions on behalf of the Brisbane Broncos, yeah. Um, but what happened during the week? I, you know Seibold, his comment to Jason Metro no wonder he's he's never been a head coach or he's mm. not a head coach. I thought that was that was a little bit below the belt, but. You know, when when grown men are going into uh, to to fight for uh, fight for the gold medal, um, it's uh, it's no rules, I suppose. But um, I was really surprised that it got it got to the point where it started getting as personal as what it was. Um, and to hear Wayne Bennett saying, "Hey, listen, leave me out of it. Leave me alone. I you know, go talk to the people that are making the comments. I just want to worry about the footy." And that's yeah. the way Wayne Bennett has always been. You know, he's he's always. He's got his message across sometimes, Benny, without actually saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't get involved in these sort of stoushes. He doesn't need to. He, very rarely does he get involved. Um, and these verbal clashes, so again, but what it does do, it just adds to that spice of this this derby that is becoming bigger than what we ever thought between the broncos and the and the Brunnies.
1: yeah it sure does Wayne Bennett enjoying a three nil head head record against anthony seabold that 's worth noting as well. He did mention that they are they are in a bit of free fall uh, Wayne bennett uh, and also they that uh, they haven 't got a lot of time to turn it around uh, only three weeks until finals get underway, and tonight will be hugely important as to the answer you 'll formulate for this question so it's a bit of guesswork on your behalf, Sats, but can they turn it around? And if they aren't able to secure a top four finish, are they just making up the numbers?
2: Uh, I think they've got to finish top top four, Benny. I think they've got to play as least amount of football as possible mm. because you know, there's a lot of their players that play a lot of rugby league and there's some of their players that put their bodies through absolute brutality when they do play, and most notably Sammy Burgess. You know, he's, not, he's out. Against the Broncos, which is a huge loss to Vita guy with the with the Broncos, which starts to even the ledger a little bit more, and then the Bunnies lose Braden Burns to a hamstring injury, puts it back in favour of the Brisbane Broncos. The Broncos lose Jake Turpin, puts it at a level pegging again. So yeah. basically, it's going to come down to will and spirit. Who's the who's the side that? Uh, who, who are you more unified together as a group that will win this game? Does that fall in favour of the SunCorp Stadium and the, and the home team of the Broncos? I'm not quite sure. I still think, while Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker and Damian Cook are still on the field, I still I think the ledger still balances okay. towards towards uh, the bunnies. But um, there's going to be a lot of passion involved, you know that. But I, I'm really concerned about I'm really concerned about how tired the rabbits look. Yeah, we mm. talk about their being on life support and they're sliding at the moment. They do. They look really tired. Damien Cook looks looks tired, and uh, Adam Reynolds is playing with a lower back injury, and Cody Walker, since losing his New South Wales jersey, I, I just feel as though that he's whether that's got still got some battle scars around that, whatever it may be, or whether mm. he's doubting himself when, after losing that jersey. So, yeah, a lot of questions can be answered tonight in a, in a pretty big clash.
1: All right, two-part question to sign off here, Sats. First question, who won the media war through the week? Was that the Broncos or the Bunnies? Who do you give the points to? Uh,
2: always the team that's further up the ladder, so the Bunnies.
1: <laughs> and finally, who's winning this one and why it sounds like you're leaning towards South Sydney?
2: I'm going to say the Bunnies. Yep. By probably four or six, only purely based on the halves combination of the Broncos, I don't think they're going to be able to create enough.
1: All right, should be a belter. It's Brisbane, it's South Sydney, it's Suncorp Stadium, and it's getting underway in the not-too-distant future. More Off the Bench to come after this for Bob Jane t Mart's There your tyre and wheel specialists. Stick around. This is Off
0: the Bench for Kubota diesel generators,
1: powering Australia,
0: and Bob Jane t tyre and wheel specialists.
1: Let's go with our Thursday night NRL review. Yeah, let's get into this because what a belter it turned out to be for Bob Jane teammates. By the way, buy three, get one free on selected ties, but you've got to hurry and be quick to take advantage of that fantastic offer. It was Bankwest Stadium, the venue. It was the Parramatta Eels looking to keep touch with the top four, even slide their way into that bracket of teams with a win on Thursday night, but they were unable to get the job done thanks to a wonderful performance from the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs under Dean Pay. How well is this side going? It's a shame they don't have a wild card system in the NRL because if they were to sneak in, they'd be a very dangerous finals floater. There's no doubt about it, but they win at 12-6 thanks to our wonderful call team at NRL Nation. Let's have a listen to some of the match highlights.
4: And there is kick-off. It is the Bulldogs' first use of the footy. They're running right to left, almost a shoulder charge from Evans on his great mate Dylan Napa. He's trying to offload. He does that. He's got that habit. Manu Ma'u comes out. Big dummy. And goes through. Flings it out the back. Wonga Blake has got it. Short of the line gets it over. Oh, right in front of the adoring crowd. And the big mitt of Wonga Blake as he salutes the sky gets the first try for the Parramatta Reels. 4-0 they lead. Oh! Oh, Wow! wow. He has been poleaxed Alan Wateni-Zelezniak. Mike Acevo picks it up. He offloads it one-handed to Michael Jennings. (laughs) It is a hip pocket workwear and safety tackle of the season, not the day gets up and plays it, Tolman shuffles it now to the right and this is four and full of the running, there's Jackson into space, I thought he could have scored he throws long to Hopalwani, he might score, he does, too strong Gutherson can't hold him up the doggies get the try that they desperately wanted in this first half, they go left hand side to Lewis a goal, beautiful flat pass how did he not score, he's offloaded and they have that is a beautiful pass there from Kerrod Holland, who was spun around in the tackle. I thought he was going to score himself. He offloads, Leaney gets it, Bulldogs get the try, they take the lead. It's a finish for the ages here. Eel 6, Bulldogs 10. Well, 6, doggies over the eels. They'll drop it out in the 17 seconds remaining. The dropout's a good one, it went 45 metres. Now it comes to Paulo, to Gutherson. Throws to Moses. Flicks it out the back. Manu Ma'u tunnel ball. Gives it now to Takarangi. Takarangi comes back off the right. There's two seconds remaining. The siren's going to go. Eels have got the footy. Last opportunity. They're 35 metres out. Now Paulo's got it. He flings it back inside. Jennings is there. Flicks now to Brown. Brown is stepping around. Got to throw it out the back. He does that to Dylan Brown. Now Takarangi. Big right footstep. Comes back. Offloads. This is Dylan Brown. Falls on the ground. Got to release. Releases to Marnie. Crunched over the top by Tuamunga. And the game is over. What a finish. We might have a fight. That was brilliant rugby league. It's rugby league, mate. It's rugby league, and it's one of the greatest games you've seen all year. The Bulldogs 12, the Eels six, in a classic at Bankwest.
1: So there you go, Sats. You were there, you witnessed it all, and bowl reports. I know you've had some, I know you've had some less than impressive Thursday night clashes in recent weeks. This was one There's that been certainly. Some stinkers. This one have made up for a couple of them because you really enjoyed this contest. I have it on good authority. Yeah, I really did. Um, usually, as as
2: rugby league lovers or sports lovers, we want to see a lot of points scored, don't mm. we, Benny? But mm. this is one of those really old-fashioned, as I said earlier on, gritty classic games where 12 points to six, uh, the end result, um, had some amazing tries, some some tough refereeing decisions, had some fights, had some sin bins, yeah. um, some great second efforts, tremendous leadership from Josh Jackson, who I just thought was amazing. I mean, that game was in the balance last night, Benny, and... When Nathan Brown came up with the shoulder charge and laid hit on Dallin Matenise Lesniak it yep. created a penalty, and yeah, you know, a melee sort of ensued from that. But when Josh Jackson and Nathan Brown were brought over to the referee to uh, to discuss what was what had happened, Josh Jackson he basically by by challenging Nathan Brown in front of the referee, which ended up in nearly in another fight. He was saying to his team, guys, I'm down to do everything I can to win this game. I need you to follow me. He sent a real message on that one particular moment, Josh Jackson, and it it motivated and inspired his side to go on and and go to another level, which the Bulldogs haven't been great at this year, but I just want to go over the recent rounds, Benny. So they beat the Eels, who are a top eight side. Uh, the week before that, they beat the Bunnies, who are a top-eight side or top-four side at that stage. They've knocked the West Tigers out of a a possible top-eight position the week before that. Round 20, they beat the Panthers, who are a top-eight side. They, they were beaten by the Roosters. And then and then a couple of weeks before that, round 17, they beat the Knights, 20-14, to 14, who at that stage were, were teetering on the edge of the eight as well. So they've just become these giant killers, this nuisance side that, that no one really wants to play. And I'm just so impressed with what Dylan, uh, sorry, what uh, Dean Pay has done with this yeah. side to be able to bring them together and, and just make them a really strong unit.
1: Now as far as that uh, incident involving Nathan Brown and uh the shoulder charge, I know that um Brad Arthur thinks that it was an attempted tackle and that's where it should be left at. Of course he was sin bin for that, placed on report. What did you make of that moment? And it was a, a bit of a um oh, a bit of a fuse that was lit for the remainder of the game, very physical contest between the two sides.
2: Yeah, it was. Um Nathan Brown he he, he plays the level at re- he plays the, the game at red line and I love the way that he plays. I don't want him to change anything and if you not willing to change, and I don't want him to change. You have, just have to, like Burgess. You flirt with the edges a little bit. You unfortunately are going to come under the scrutiny of the judiciary, and you're going to spend some times on the on the bench and on the sidelines and whatever it may be. But you just don't need to change your focus. I thought he's to, I think he's going to spend a. I think he's going to spend a fair chunk of the rest of the season on the uh, on the sideline, okay. which is going to be a huge loss for Para. Not only was it a shoulder charge, it was late as well. Um, so he's going to be um, he's going to be hit with a couple of charges. I think that could seem he may miss he may miss four to five weeks. Yeah, with this. You know, we're looking at Villami Kikau. He missed two weeks for what was a really innocuous late hit shoulder charge on um, uh, in that game out at Panther Stadium some weeks ago. And so uh, I think the 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 ferocity and also the um, also the uh, the speed that he was moving at as well. And the outcome of it as well, where where Tenis was was had to be attended to by the medical staff. I think mm. I think he, we could see him on the sideline a bit.
1: Big opportunity missed for the Eels, but as we've said, another notch in the belt for Dean Pay. Uh, as we said, when it comes up against top eight sides, they're a completely different unit. It seems this year, and I know it's a hindsight call, but. Gee, if you're a Dogs fan, you'd just be thinking, if we'd only found this form a month earlier, uh, Sats, they'd be contending for a spot in the finals. Not to be, but that said, uh, it's a pretty good platform. They're building themselves for an assault in 2020 if they can uh, keep the squad together and maybe add one or two names to it.
2: Yeah, Parra just
1: imploded. They played really frantic footy, and
2: they they actually couldn't contend with the Bulldogs just getting up in their face defensively, and they needed to adjust on the run, Benny, and and just give themselves a little bit more depth. But, yeah, they imploded, as I said... um, and yeah, they're going to that's going to be a a real um, going to be a real kick to the guts for them when it comes into finals when they're trying to gather momentum, like you were saying. Mm. But yeah, well done for the doggies, and yeah. um, now they become a side that when they go to the recruitment market now at the back end of a season, players actually look at the club now and say, hey, you know what, I, I actually don't mind where this club is heading.
1: Yeah, it's uh, a big result, uh, one that will certainly play a big role in shaping that top four and. The Eels will be uh, counting the cost of that over the weekend. There's no doubt about it. 12-6, the final scoreline at Bankwest Stadium. The Dogs... Too good for the Eels in a really gritty, tough defensive hey, display. Benny,
2: just quickly, um, for the listeners who haven't seen Maker Sevo, his shot on Dallin Wattini's last yeah, tackle, it is the tackle of the year. Yep. It is just bone crunching.
1: Yeah, I was at a Fleetwood Mac concert while that was unfolding and I heard the bump. I heard the actual crunch from uh, within the Fleetwood. <laughs> and they were pretty loud, uh, Stevie and Co. So, yeah, it was an absolute ripping hit. So make sure you do check that one out. <laughs>
0: This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators, Powering Australia, and Bob-Jane T-Mart, Tire and wheel Specialists. It's time to nominate a Makita Power Player, Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range, when power means business.
1: Yeah, absolutely it does. Makita, cordless power, garden tools. You can power through the toughest of jobs, Makita, when power means business. Uh, Scotty Sattler, who have you got for us? Your Makita power player, please.
2: I'm going to go Nathan Brown, not the one that's going to spend some time on the sideline from Parramatta for a shoulder charge and late hit. I'm going to go the other Nathan huh. Brown, which is the uh, Newcastle Knights coach who, as we know, in announced by mutual agreement. Now, when we say that, obviously it's out of respect for him. I think the club has tapped him on the shoulder and said, listen, we need to move in another direction, but we need to do this... Um, which best fits both us, the club, and you as a coach getting a job moving forward. And By mutual agreement, departing the club, I love it how he announced it after a win and not after a loss. And I found his refreshing interview on NRL 360 during the week. I just love what he's done at Newcastle. He embraced the community when the club was struggling. He's brought some really good players into the club. And again, unfortunately, timing is just not going to fall in favour of yeah. uh, Nathan Brown. But well done.
1: Absolutely, we'll get another job. We'll oh, get another f- yeah. Job. Well, he even said so himself. He said that there are uh, a number of coaches out there. It might have been a little pointed sledge at Wayne Bennett, suggesting that uh, they'll come in and, and and just make some decisions for the here and now. And often that can. Uh that can backfire and leave the club in a worse spot than when that person came into the job. So he'll just sweat on one of those and and who knows, I'm sure we will see Nathan Brown back coaching an NRL club before too long. Hey, just uh, mind quickly, uh, the announcement uh, late in the week that Michael Checker had announced his 31-man squad for the Rugby World Cup. Uh, It's a big squad, but it's also highlighted by a 19-year-old who's yet to even represent the Wallabies. But apparently, by all reports, Sats. I don't know if you're aware of Jordan Petaia. He's a yeah, um, he's, a, he's a Reds back who is just well. He's created plenty of headlines in the early stages of his rugby career, but they've um, they've given him a Wallabies uh, a nod and a chance to maybe impress on the world stage. So that's brave and and something that Michael Checker will be hoping uh, pays dividends in a few weeks' time when that tournament gets underway
2: a good player, this kid, and um, it's a smart decision to send a, a, a young green player over who's got so much ability, and he's quick, and he's, yeah. he's, um, yeah, he's creative as well. But to sit behind a, a veteran like Nick White as well, he'll play some footy, Jordan uh, Patea. Uh, but in saying that, with this Australian side going into the World Cup, Benny, uh, beating the All Blacks on not enemy territory, but unfamiliar territory like Perth, yeah. and not only beat them, but put the cleaners through them, Now, this is not Eden Park where they're going to go play in Japan, so getting them again on unfamiliar territory, they'll go into the World Cup with so much confidence.
1: Absolutely, and that tournament not too far away from starting, so uh, good luck to those 31 and Michael Checker, of course, who will be representing Australia on the biggest stage of all. Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range is the world's largest range with over 200 tools on the one battery. We'll be back after a very short break here on Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts, your tyre and wheel specialist, SATS tips for the remainder of the weekend. We'll also find out what he's looking forward to as well on this big weekend of sport
0: you're listening to Off The Bench for Kubota diesel generators powering Australia and Bob Jane T-Mart tyre and wheel specialists let's see who the lads
1: like this weekend it's Badge and Sats NRL tips it's been a bad weekend from the boys last week. I think you ended up with six yourself there, Sats. Badge was seven. So you're in some good tipping form as we bring home the regular season for Bob Jane T Mart's Tyron will specialist. So let's have a look at Saturday. Uh, Sharks Warriors, Points Bet Stadium, mate. Uh, big game this one yeah. for the Sharks. They need to bounce back. It is. Yeah, I think the
2: Sharks will win. I'm. I- not confident with it, with the way they're playing, but again, I just think if they get to the finals, I'll take a big, deep sigh, and I say let's start again. This Warriors mm. side, I think they'll um, they haven't got the same mentality as the Bulldogs to try and become a nuisance, so I think the Sharkies, mate.
1: Alright, this has become somewhat of an elimination final for these two sides. Tigers, Knights, loser can kiss goodbye any chance of playing yep. finals. Uh, this one at Campbelltown.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Knights. Oh, I like what Kalen Ponga did last week attacking on the right-hand side of the field. Hopefully that's said to him, listen, there's there's actually more than half a field that I can attack on. And by doing that, it just adds uh, another bow to
1: his string. So um, I'm going to take the Knights over the Tigers. And the Dragons and the Roosters. Uh, this one at Jubilee. Roosters. Yeah, I was going to say tough ask for the Dragons, <laughs> but the Roosters just yeah. starting to uh, maybe hit their uh, top gear at the right time of year. Um, again, tough ask on Sunday for the Titans. They take on the Storm at Amy Park.
2: Uh, not only do you get beaten by the Paramount Eels when you actually play really well, but beaten by 30. And then you go down and play Storm. Who at are coming Amy off Park a loss themselves. Yeah. After they've had a loss. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'm going to take the Storm. And you know what? I'd, they're not going to take any sympathy on the Titans either. Craig Bellamy no. won't allow it. He's already fired a shot over the bridge uh, over throughout the week saying, if you don't want to be here, go away. Yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll just make
1: changes. And he does it after a while. He does. Loss, so, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, storm. storm convincingly there, you would think. And the Raiders and the Seagulls, arguably the match of the weekend, do uh, wind it up on Sunday evening at GIO Stadium in Canberra.
2: I don't know. I'm going to take the Raiders. I've always taken this. Um, I've always taken the analogy that if I can't pick a winner, Benny, I'll take the team that's playing at home. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Raiders purely based on the fact that that win last week against the Melbourne Storm would just give them a massive shot in the arm. But what we mm. do know after playing the Storm, it takes so much out of you physically. That's really hard to back up from the Storm. I'm going to take the Raiders. Um, but it's a toss of the coin. Toss right. of the coin.
1: Round 23, a look at what's to come this weekend. Before we sign off, let's do this. Before we go, what are we looking forward to
0: this weekend?
1: Well, I think we might just continue that conversation. Uh, oh, no, I, actually, no. I'm oh, going to change mine. You've changed yours. Last-minute change. I'm, what have you gone with? I'm changing my, Well, I'm
2: looking forward to the Raiders of Manly, of course, but um, I'm looking forward to the, the fourth cricket third cricket test as well. But can we share our, what we're looking forward to this weekend?
1: Oh, I'm I'm a, sharing, I'm a sharing kind, yeah.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, Off you go. I want you to oh, okay. you bring well, this one to the table well, first, and I'm looking forward to it just as much as yes. you are. Yes,
1: well, I'm looking forward to Brisbane taking on Richmond down at the MCG. Round 23 in the AFL, so that's the last weekend of the home and away season. If, uh, if Brisbane can win this, I'll, I'll tell you right now, take it to the bank. Not only, well, they'll finish top, which is clear cut. That's all they have to do is win that game. They'll make the grand final because they'll get the uh, they'll get the luxury of two home finals um, mm. uh, should they finish top. And I think the way they've played up at the Gabba this year, Brisbane, the exciting brand of footy they bring, I think they'll be playing in a grand final. And I know there'll be one punter certainly hoping that's the case. And again, we always encourage our listeners to gamble responsibly. But there was uh, one customer I'm on led to believe Sats who back in March placed a forty four dollar bet. On the Brisbane Lions to finish as minor premiers at the odds of $101. So they stand to make. I'll do the math there. It's a lot of money. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, While I'm excited for the Lions, I reckon that punter might just have me covered just quietly.
2: Hey, Benny, with the Lions, if they are unsuccessful against Richmond, will they... at? Worst, will they finish second? Uh, no,
1: no, they can, drop, they can drop as low as third, so that means they would miss okay. out on a uh, on a home final first up, but they would be guaranteed a home final somewhere along the journey. Um, there's every chance that if they were to finish, uh, what would that bring them down to third, they might end up playing Geelong in Melbourne, or they could even go out uh, west to take on the Eagles. So there's a lot of permutations within that top four, but the equation's pretty simple for them. They're in a good spot in that they know if they win, well, destiny's in their own hands, so it should be an absolute mm. belter. Some great footy across both codes this weekend. Can't wait to get amongst it for Bob Jane T-Mart. Sats, have a great couple of days. Circle back to you Monday, uh, and we'll do this again same time next week as well. Thanks, Benny. Have a great weekend, everyone. And this has been Off the Bench. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Hope your side has a win, and we'll speak to you again real soon. He is Off the Bench for Kubota
0: Diesel Generators, Powering Australia, and Bob Jane T-Mart, Tire and wheel Specialists.